Welcome into the Fantasy Football Dynasty Zone. My name is Steve. Follow me at DynastyZone99 on Twitter. Alright, so I'm flying solo today. Just been both been busy and felt like it's been a week after the draft and we need to start talking about it. Uh, I'm just basically going to try to go down the draft and give 30 seconds to each guy, give you my thoughts, see kind of where we're at, and hopefully you get some insightful information on this. So let's start it off with the big name, Kyler Murray, number one overall. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm not sold on him as fantasy yet. It's not because he's not good. I'm not sure about Cliff Kingsbury. He was in Texas Tech, ran a crazy offense there, and it should look good for fantasy, but we've seen guys come from the college ranks before, and they come up to the pros, and it doesn't quite work like it did there. I mean, everybody's an all-star and from college playing pros now. They got the speed to cover some of that air raid, so I'm interested to see how it works. I'm not against him going one-on-one overall and super flex by any means, but I and the other thing that I kind of worry about is just how long he's going to hold up in this league. Uh, they did not invest in the offensive line in the draft with any high picks. They did give him some weapons around. It'll be interesting. We'll talk about those guys when they come up, but uh, Kyler Murray, I think he, he should have a good good run here. Uh, definitely worth the one-on-one in Superflex. All right, number two was Daniel Jones going to the New York Giants. Everybody thought it was a massive reach, but here he is. We're here. Uh, there's not really any reason to go back and try to pick apart what the Giants did. You can be upset about it. You can be happy about it, however you feel. He's going to be a New York Giant this upcoming year. Uh, I think he's definitely a guy that should sit behind Eli for a while, but I would not be surprised to see him get into game action sooner than later. I think he's very smart. The one reason that I want to buy him is because of the offense they're in. They have weapons in Saquon Barkley. They have the tight end, which his name is escaping me, um, but it was a first-round pick a couple years ago. They've got wide receivers on the outside, and they've invested in their offensive line enough over the last couple years. Thus, this offseason, the draft last year, I think they're going to be a much better group than they have been previously. And I think that Jones can come in and at least be a distributor and put up some points for your fantasy team. Uh, if you have Eli and you like the Giants offense, the way they're going, um, I definitely don't, I'm not mad about it. Uh, truth be told, I took him at 112 in a draft today. Uh, it's super flex. I thought it was a bit high, but with Dwayne Haskins going number four overall, I felt like I needed to get Jones in there and work on my rebuild and not have to worry about quarterback forever. Um, but if if you're investing in the Giants and the, and the Shermer offense, I think that's why I'm so high on him more than anything, more than ability. Maybe that's silly, maybe that's foolish, but at the 1.06, you know he's going to play at some point within the next year or two, possibly. Um, so I don't mind the investment there. Number three, we have TJ Hawkinson going to Detroit. One of my favorite players in the draft. I feel like he has maybe the safest floor of any guy for fantasy purposes. I, he's going to start. They've come out and said he's starting day one. Everybody's all worried about the ooh, it takes tight ends a while to get going. Usually that's because they don't understand the blocking, but we saw George Kittle come out last year from Iowa, and he stepped right in, and he surprised. I think the most likely guy to do that this year is going to be TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I think Detroit wants to run the ball. I think you'll see them in a lot more I-formation I sets. I don't think the old three-wide three gunning all over the place is what they're going to be doing this year. Uh, I think Hawkinson's a better uh, receiver than people give him credit for. I know they see the nasty blocks and they go, that's my guy, but he's a very good receiving threat. 
and I think that he's definitely the tight end one to own this year. Uh, I, I think Fant will give him a run for his money. Irv Smith Jr. is interesting, but I think it, overall it's going to be Hawkinson down the stretch here. Uh, at number 15, the Dwayne Haskins was taken by the Redskins. Probably my favorite landing spot for any quarterback. Uh, I know Arizona's hot, but we've seen what they can do in Washington with Jay Gruden. It doesn't really matter who's under center for him. They can put up numbers. Uh, I think he's a mastermind. I think he's very smart. I hope that if they have a down year that his job is not on the line because I think he's done a good job. Uh, they just need to stay healthy. They needed to put weapons around Haskins, which they invested in the draft. Their offensive line is pretty good. Uh, they just need to stay healthy as well. Um, so Haskins, for me, he's going to be a starter this year, and I would say in Dynasty you're probably taking him over Daniel Jones if you're quarterback needy. Um, I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, it just, for me, watching the film on Haskins, I was a little more down on him than most other people. I think that he'll definitely get the shot for a couple years there in Washington, and I hope that he surprises me. Uh, most people are pretty high on him, though. So I, I think he'll be a decent fantasy asset. I think he could be between the quarterback 20 and quarterback 25. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire anywhere, but he has that potential in that offense if they can get the weapons around him to be consistent that he could be a difference maker. Um, Noah Fant went to Denver in the first round. Uh, he ends up in a quarterback-friendly situation where Joe Flacco loves to use his tight ends. I think that you will see him be a weapon for them immediately. I don't think he's on the field quite as much as Hawkinson to start because I don't know that he's as strong of a blocker, but he's not a bad blocker at the same time. Uh, the thing that worried me when he was at Iowa was he would disappear for times, so consistency and maybe a little bit of a mental thing, but I'm assuming if Denver took him in the first, they're not worried about that, and he will play out just fine. Um, definitely in a tight end needy league where us as fantasy owners see that as a bit of a wasteland, I definitely think Noah Fant could run into your first top 15 picks really easily and be a decent investment for you. Uh, definitely kind of understand he's there and if maybe you're not as high on him somebody else probably is so factor that in he went in the first round of my dynasty draft that I'm doing today uh, didn't surprise me but um, I kind of I took Hawkinson at five so it was on my radar and helped me get the guys that I wanted um, next on the list is Josh Jacobs going to Oakland that's a big deal they need a three they want a three down back they historically have good running backs under John Gruden he's a they're going to have a good offense. They put weapons on there to surround Derek Carr. Uh, they've, they have a good offensive line. They've came out and said that the second-year player out of UCLA is going to start at left tackle, and their big free agent sign is starting at right tackle, but the reason that that makes sense is because the pass rushers coming off the right side actually helps the quarterback. So Trent Brown being over on the right side is not a bad deal at all. For Jacobs, he's going to have a good line to run behind. He's going to catch passes. Uh, Crowell went down with a torn Achilles. It's very unfortunate, um, but he is not going to be back this year for sure. It's a one-year deal, so this is Jacobs. He's going to be the guy. Look for him to get the most volume out of any of the running backs unless a surprise injury or something happens. Uh, Jacobs is definitely up in the 102-103, depending if you're running back or wide receiver needy. Uh, I think that's definitely a way to go. Uh, 101 in non-superflex, number two in superflex. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I think it's he's going to have a good career for him, and it's a great landing spot for him in Oakland. 
Uh, next up is Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma going to Baltimore in the first round. So this is a guy people keep saying he's going to be their field stretcher. You're not really going to see it in fantasy. They're going to basically chuck the ball deep a couple times a game. Maybe he comes down with it. Maybe he doesn't. He's definitely going to be a boomer bust guy. But if you look at Lamar Jackson in college, he can throw. My whole thing with this Baltimore offense last year is they rushed him into action and they didn't want to they didn't want to get him killed first off. They didn't think they probably didn't think he was quite mentally ready to handle everything, so they tried to simplify the game and tailor it around him and maybe get a shot at and they won the division, got to the playoffs. So they what they did worked for football terms, but I don't think that Jackson is going to run quite as much this year. He has the ability to, but I don't think they want him to. Look for them to be a little bit more pass balanced this year than they were last year. And I think Hollywood Brown is going to be undervalued in rookie drafts by quite a bit. Uh, I, I can't imagine many people are going to want to take the chance on him in the first. But if you're up in that early second and he's still there and there's not a whole lot of receivers left on the board. And when there's not a whole lot of receivers left on the board, that I think he's definitely a guy that I would look at for boomer bust potential that could potentially move up higher into the draft for sure. Um, next on the list is Ankeel Harry. I think him going to the Patriots, everybody's going to really like it. Um, I'm not as high on the move. Everybody's like, oh, he's the Gronk replacement. And understand that nobody's really Gronk because everybody that steps in that tight end role, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's Gronk, oh, it's Gronk. That's really not how he works. So um, Harry, for me, is a guy, when I watched the film, struggled to separate but made very good contested catches. It's going to be hard, I think, to earn Brady's trust so quick doing that because he likes to, he doesn't have the arm strength that he once had. He's a tactician and he will pick apart defenses, and he's definitely a very good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But we did not see him go deep last year, and we can try to argue whether it's the targets that he's throwing to or whether it was more him just not wanting to turn the ball over. Just kind of understand that that's the Patriot strategy now. And they are looking at going towards more of a ball control run, power the ball, win it by defense. But they still have Brady back there that's very good at reading the defenses, very experienced, and they will be a decent offense this year as always. Um, next on the list, top of round two, the 49ers selected Debo Samuel. This is probably my favorite landing spot and my favorite rookie in the draft. So right now, if you want to talk to me, I'm taking him at my wide receiver one. He is my guy, my target. I think that he fits in, if you go back to the Redskins when uh, Shanahan was there, the receivers that they had that would get those short kind of intermediate routes and the kind of the Mohamed Sanu role in Arizona, or in, I'm sorry, Atlanta. But I think I think Debo is a little more talented than Sanu. Uh, they spent a second on him, so he's going to play. People are still going to say that it's Pettis. Pettis is the guy. I think they'll kind of be a 1A, 1B type of show, and I don't think we're going to be that far off. I think he's very fantasy relevant starting this year off, and even more so going forward. He's only going to get better. His running after the catch is very impressive. If you watch his films, just watch the toughest games that uh, South Carolina ro rolled up against. I mean, he, he made plays. He wasn't afraid of anybody. He was always making plays and moving the chains, and they forced the ball into his hand as much as they could because he was their best player. Um, this landing spot for him, I think, is huge. I think he's a, definitely a Jimmy Garoppolo type of guy, and I'm really excited to see him in this offense. Drew Locke uh, is the next pick with Denver. They It's the same landing spot that I mocked for him. I just thought he was going to go in the first instead of the second. 
I like it better in the second. He's more of a second-round guy to me. That way the pressure is not on him, and he's not going to be, oh, start the rookie, start the rookie. He's our first-round pick. Uh, but I think he's got a good guy to learn behind in Flacco. That's smart. They're not going to rush him. They, they have a, a decent starting quarterback for NFL terms. I'm not going to say he's a great fantasy asset yet. But Drew Locke is built similar, and I think they have a similar style. But Locke is much more athletic and faster than Flacco. And Flacco's injuries give me pause. So I think Locke will probably end up playing at some point this year. But we'll probably see a very watered-down version, kind of like we saw with Lamar Jackson last year. Um, I think he has potential. I think he could turn into a franchise quarterback. He he was high, pretty high on my board. And I, th- I think that he will surprise people at some point. But it might not be for a year or two. We'll see what Denver wants to do, how they're playing, how they feel they need to use him this year. But definitely a guy, if you're in the second round and kind of the running backs and wide receivers aren't really tripping your trigger, take a shot on Drew Locke, especially in the Superflex. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., Minnesota, tight end. Not a bad pick for football reasons. I think he's a very good tight end. This was kind of the argument why you don't take Hawkinson in the first because you're going to get Irv Smith later. Uh, I think he will do very well and have a good career in Minnesota. I think that Minnesota only has one year left on Rudolph's deal. So maybe he's not the biggest impact guy quite this year, but maybe next year. But I've also heard that they might be trying to ship him off somewhere. Maybe like the Patriots would be, they're kind of a tight end needy team all of a sudden. So don't be surprised if Irv Smith ends up playing a little bit earlier than anticipated. I think he will be a very good receiver. And he was kind of a freak at Alabama but Alabama's full of freaks, so it's hard to, it's not really surprising to hear that. But I think if you're kind of in that end of the second, early third, I think that's very good value for a guy that's going to play for a long time and have a, a good career there in Minnesota. Uh, another thing to point out, uh, just think about how uh, Kirk Cousins used the tight ends in Washington. Uh, I think that getting a guy like Irv in Minnesota is a big boost. Uh, I think that he will definitely be able to be a good target and be targeted early and often in that offense when he gets in there. All right, next is A.J. Brown. Love the talent. The landing spot is leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, but I think it's, at some point you have to balance the landing spot and the talent and the draft capital all together. And A.J. Brown is a guy at falling a little further than he probably should. He probably should be the second wide receiver off the board, but people don't like where he landed in Tennessee and it's pushing him down. I would definitely buy him if you're a late first rounder and maybe he doesn't produce like you want this year, but I think he might start off in the slot and kind of be that big slot guy. That's he's not going to face the toughest corners. He's going to be able to beat them. He's very physical. He's very big, very strong. And I think that he could end up being one of the favorite targets and a guy that doesn't like to throw it deep a lot. So look for him to be a PPR monster this year. Uh, I, I see that as a possibility. It's not necessarily probable, but I think I think if you're looking at year one, you're just looking for someone to produce. I think that's a decent way to think about it. Uh, Drew Sample, Cincinnati, tight end out of Washington. He is in a He's not being drafted hardly at all in rookie drafts right now, but... It was kind of interesting. Uh, somebody had pointed out the other receiver, or other tight end that came out from Washington, I believe, last year was. Now the name escapes me as I try to talk about it. 
uh, the Will Disley from Seattle, and he came in and started off really hot, and nobody knew who the guy was. Then all of a sudden had a quick uh, season-ending injury, which was very unfortunate. I think Drew Sample could be a guy like that. He's probably going to come in and be second on the – maybe third on the depth chart to start. But he's a very good blocker, which if you kind of look at what Cincinnati wants to do, wanted to do in the draft, they really focused on bolstering up their running game. So I think they're going to try to be a little bit more run-heavy than they have been in the past. And I think that'll be very interesting to watch. But I think Sample could be a guy that eventually emerges. And, if, I mean, if you're picking him with your fifth-round pick, you're not really losing anything. It's all upside from there. If you end up having to cut him, then you do. But I think he's a dart throw with a second-round pick in the NFL draft that I'm taking a shot on late because there's not a whole lot of downside to me there. Um, Miles Sanders got drafted to Philadelphia. He's a very good talent, the second running back off the board in the draft. He goes to a favorable spot. It's not my favorite spot just because I don't trust the Philadelphia backs. But maybe the argument I've heard, is too, is that they haven't really had a talent like that. So how do you balance say, well, this is a guy that can do it all. Maybe he is a three-down back. I don't think they traded for Jordan Howard just to sit him on the bench the whole game. I think he will still be there. They have some pass catchers. They have a lot of backs. I could see him filling a lot of that role because that is definitely not Jordan Howard's role. So, But the first year, I think, is hard to gauge for Sanders. He could be very positive. He could be very average. Um, but years two, years three, I think you're getting where he's going between the fourth and sixth pick. You're getting the second best running back off the board. And I think that that is definitely a good spot to be with your picking right there. Um, I'm definitely not afraid to draft him, but just temper expectations year one. Right. Next up is going to be Nicole Hardiman. He was the Georgia product that got drafted to KC, and everybody is in love with him. They're probably going to, he's jumping up draft boards real fast, thinking, well, he's going to jump into Tyreek Hill's role and be the number one receiver in the league. And let's just kind of understand it. Tyreek was a third-year guy this year. He was great on special teams, which I think Hardiman can start there as well. He's definitely fast. Her measurables are very similar. But let's temper expectations. I don't think Hardiman is quite the guy coming out that Tyreek was. And I think he's got a lot of developing to do. And I think he can do it in Kansas City and definitely be a high upside guy. But I think starting off the year, I don't. I think he's going to be maybe the second or third target in that offense. I don't. I mean, he might catch a couple bombs. That's definitely in his repertoire. But I, I don't want to say, oh, wow, he's definitely going to be the best receiver in this draft at the end. But I, I would temper expectations, especially in year one. But he's in a very high-powered offense, which gives him a good chance to break out and be a guy that you can rely on week in and week out sooner rather than later. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside got drafted by Philly. Uh, they're investing around Carson Wentz. Whiteside, or Sega Whiteside, excuse me, uh, was very intriguing talent. When you watch the film, we thought quarterback play was a little less subpar. Not a not a bad quarterback, but threw a lot of jump balls that he was able to go and get. And if you're looking at just pure ball skills, he's probably in the top three or four in this draft with his physicality and his size and going to get that jump ball type guy. Uh, I think he's a very good wide receiver two on a team. Could end up being like a main target, but understand in Philadelphia, they really don't have a lot of target monsters. They spread the ball around a lot, maybe outside of Ertz. They throw the running back quite a bit. So when he does emerge, I mean, I like him a lot. And if you're finding him in the middle to late second, that's, I think, a great value in Dynasty. Uh, definitely a target of mine. And 
I, I don't know if I could say enough good about him in the short time I have here with trying to get to most of this board, but definitely, definitely understand where his value is in a draft and what you're going to get and the time frame you're looking for him to before he starts producing. All right. Paris Campbell comes up with Indianapolis. Everybody's super excited. They, I, th I think people are a little bit down on uh, the wide receiver that they had signed. I'm sorry about names tonight. Um, really just going off the top of my head here. Uh, but Paris Campbell is probably going to be a guy that is probably more going to take over for T.Y. Hilton at some point and be the speedster burner that's going to go down the field. I don't know necessarily that he plays opposite of T.Y. very often. They might try to do a small speed package at some point. I don't think that's unnecessary. I don't think it's unrealistic for them to move him into the slot. Uh, I think that he has the speed to make a, make a difference. I don't think he has the refined game quite yet, but I think that he is a, definitely a guy that can develop and definitely worth, I think, a late first is where I'm more comfortable taking him. Um, Andy Isbella comes up with Arizona next. He was the first wide receiver taken in Arizona. He is going to be interesting to see how he's used because I think he can do a little bit of everything. He can be the burner outside that takes a deep threat. He could be the slot guy inside that kind of comes in after Larry Fitzgerald's done there and be a good job and do a really good job inside. It's very versatile. Uh, it's like, again, kind of what I said with Murray, this offense to me, it's just a big question mark because it's going to be hard to predict and hard to judge to see what they're going to do year one coming from a college air raid, see if they're going to throw the ball a hundred times a game, what they're going to do. But, and the other thing with air raid is there's not really a number one target week in and week out. And I think it's going to be hard to predict. So just kind of understand that when you're grabbing one of the either Butler or Isbella in your rookie drafts, that it's just going to kind of go week to week. And we have no idea who Kyler Murray is going to want to lock onto and who's going to be his number one yet. Um, I've seen Hakeem Butler is still probably going before Andy Isbella. But the Cardinals felt that it was more imperative to, for them to invest in Isbella two rounds earlier. So just kind of understand that when you're drafting as well. And with Larry Legend there, I think that both of their productions in year one might be a little depressed just because of that. Um, DK Metcalf comes in at Seattle. Uh, he was the combine freak. His measurables were crazy. Of anybody in this class, he has probably the highest ceiling to me but he also has one of the lower floors to me as well. Uh, he's kind of a one-trick pony at this point. He's great after the catch, but he has to catch it first, and he has to kind of learn the things that go into being a receiver at the next level. He's got the measurables to be dominant, and that's kind of why you see that ceiling like, oh, Seattle just got their guy that's going to be there for 10 years and going to do everything, and Russell Wilson's going to love him. But I can also see him kind of being the guy that, He's like he gets compared a lot to the white from the Bears that got drafted a few years ago, saying he's got the measurables, but he's just kind of a one-trick pony. And if that doesn't work out, then he's kind of lost out there. I'm I'm rooting for him. I want to see more dominant receivers, and I think he has the body to be that dominant guy in this draft. Um, but I don't know that it's year one. I don't know that it's year two. It might be a guy that you let somebody else draft now, and then you buy him off of him and after year two for a third or a fourth round pick saying, eh, why not? Um, so one of the surprises, we have a couple surprises here. Uh, Deontay Johnson going to Pittsburgh. Uh, everybody's kind of looking at him going, here's Antonio Brown's replacement. Here he is. It's like, I really like him. He's a Toledo product. Very good. Very refined. Um, good athlete. I think if you watch him on film, 
He's a guy that definitely stood out, and I think he can do a lot of things. The wide receiver room in uh, the Pittsburgh is a little, a little crowded to me, but definitely a guy I wouldn't mind taking at the end of the second, early third, kind of depending on how your team is built in Dynasty. Uh, I think that if you can wait a couple years for him to really kind of be that guy, I think he could fit into that role really, really well. And you've seen Pittsburgh turn out wide receiver after wide receiver. They get a deal, and by the time they're 29 or 30, they're on a different team, and they're lighting it up there too. Um, and I know that goes into the argument as to why you take Deontay Johnson, but they also do have Washington that they drafted last year, which I think will probably start this year. Uh, in the slot, they have Juju, and it's now you're not going to unseat him anytime soon. So you're really looking at fighting over that wide receiver three role. And how much that'll have right now will be arguable, but it's a good offense with a good quarterback and a good offensive line. And I think that he really could stand a lot of chances to make a difference for you. And sooner, maybe later, depending on how preseason plays out. Uh, Jalen Hurd for San Francisco. It was a very confusing pick to me with some of the other guys on the board. I thought they think they, they see a good athlete and a guy that will develop further. I don't. They've kind of talked about switching in positions, which I think is weird. He's six five. As he started out as a running back at Tennessee, uh, he's got the moves, but six five for running back is really tall. So I think he's a guy that's going to be your kind of go downfield. He'll he'll. It's hard to say because I could see him catching a lot of screen passes and trying to go. I could see him basically Cordell Patterson, if you can think of that. That's my comp right now. Just kind of that guy that does a little bit of everything but doesn't do anything great. So I'm hoping that he can develop and be a guy. But in the third round, I thought it was kind of a head-scratcher for San Francisco to take him. But something that he did is fell in love with him. Uh, Josh Oliver to Jacksonville next. Definitely an underrated athlete. Uh, he can definitely move it, and he'll get down the field. And I think that Jacksonville got a really good cast, uh, pass catcher here. Uh, they have a quarterback now that loves to throw to the tight ends, at least he did previously. And I think if you're looking for a guy later in the draft, he's kind of going around the fourth round right now in a 12-team. And I think that if you're looking at a dart throw on tight end, I think he's definitely a guy that I would target and try to get that value out of. So Definitely know Josh Oliver's name. Watch him. He was a smaller school guy, but he's ready to go. And I'm excited to see him be a split out in that offense somehow. Um, Daryl Henderson comes in from Memphis going to the Rams, kind of tempering everybody again for the Todd Gurley talk and what's going on. They traded up to get him. Uh, Henderson is explosive. He scores a lot of touchdowns. He is a great receiver. He is not, he's not the bruiser Gurley is by any means, but this is a guy I see year one, Behind Todd Gurley, a guy that needs five to ten touches to be that difference maker in a game. He is going to play your Tevin Coleman role in like the Atlanta offense where he's the change of pace comes in and all of a sudden breaking off a 20-yard run time after time because the defense because Gurley's gonna wear him out and then he's gonna come in and shoot through the gaps pretty quick. So just Henderson, and if you can get him if he falls to the second, middle of the second, it may be late second if he's really there, definitely guy to take. I like his upside a lot. Uh, David Montgomery comes in from Chicago here. I like the fit. I think the offense is great. 
it just worries me again with the usage. I think he's a very good pass catcher. I think he'd be a great third down, uh, three down back on an offense. If Chicago was willing to do that, he would be great, and he would probably be my running back one if that were the case. But you have kind of some different roles. Mike Davis is there, and I think they're going to lean on him early. And then you have the little pass catcher uh, whose name is escaping me now as well. Uh, but he he's going to pass he's going to catch a lot of passes and they're going to use him almost as a receiver at the same time. He's not a guy that's built to go up the middle. So Montgomery's kind of going to fill in between those two guys. Then I think he eventually passes Mike Davis, but I don't know that it's to start the season right away. But I I don't know if he could have landed in a better spot for his fit than in Chicago. I I love it. He's my running back three off right now. And I just I think that you're really getting a good a good investment in David Montgomery. He's probably gonna take you a middle of the first, maybe fall to the late first, depending on how it falls, but definitely a guy I would not feel bad about taking in the first. Uh, Devin Singletary for Buffalo, one of one of the guys I think everybody needs to know and understand the situation they're in. Buffalo has a 36-year-old, 31-year-old running back as their two top guys right now. They are not going to be there next year. They're only signing on one-year deals. So Devin Singletary might kind of get a redshirt year, learn behind these guys. He's being comp to Shady a lot. I don't. I, I like it. He doesn't quite have the speed that I think that Shady has as much, but I think that Singletary is a great. He make. He never gets tackled for loss. I think that was huge when you watch him. Uh, I think he catches the ball well. People say he doesn't have that top-end speed that you really need. But going between the tackles, if he could get 15, 20 carries a game in that an ascending Buffalo offense, I think he's a guy that I'm going to take in the middle to late second rounds on as many times as I can and understand that he's going to get a redshirt year. But year two, he's going to be the guy ready to go, locked and loaded. Third-round pick is nothing to scoff at. The number five running back off the board. I think that he's in a great situation, and I would – not I would like to have him in every league that I'm in. Uh, Jay Sternberger, tight end from Texas A&M, goes to Green Bay. I think he landed in a great spot. He's a great receiver. He's going to be kind of your typical Tony or uh, Jason Witten type of tight end, where he's going to move the chains, get you that five, six receptions for 50, 60 yards almost every week. Uh, as long as he can earn Rodgers' trust quick and get in there, he's going to have a good guy to learn behind for a while, but I think it's an unfortunate camp casualty. Could be their starting tight end in Jimmy Graham. Uh, so maybe Sternburner moves into uh, a starting role or a prominent role, at least in the offense, sooner rather than later. They didn't really invest in wide receivers. They have a lot of guys. We'll see how that sorts itself out. Uh, but I think that... As far as a landing spot for a tight end, that was probably one of the top places to land. Uh, Terry McLaurin goes to Washington and goes with his former teammate, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he's fast. He's six foot, so he's, I think he's a decent-sized receiver. I think he can develop into a very good receiver, and I like a lot of what he does. If you're looking at that early third, late second type of place, I think you could do a lot worse than McLaurin there. Uh, he does a lot very well, and I think he's definitely a more refined receiver than um, Paris Campbell coming out. And he, he kind of saw his production for a couple years. I mean, it's Ohio State. They did a lot of – they have a great offense and a great defense. 
So I'm excited to see what this kid can do at the pro level. Uh, Holly Waring is a tight end that went to Houston. Um, Houston needs a tight end pretty desperately. They don't have any guy that really stands out. He was a big name, and guys that I'd, I'd seen him ranked at the top two or three coming out. And I think that with uh, Bill, 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 that's the coach in Houston, I think knows how to coach tight ends very well. He was the guy that handled the Gronk and Aaron Hernandez years in the page with the Patriots. And for some reason, it, it seemed like they always get talent, but those guys just don't hold up and t- the Texans for whatever reason are always hurt. So I think he Warren could be a good stash a uh, guy that you could hold and hopefully he can start producing maybe later in this year or earlier in the next year or two, but just a name to know he's in a good spot and a great offense and you're not going to see a whole lot of people double teaming him and trying to take him away because they can't with the other weapons that they all have. Damian Harris is going to come in next year. Uh, he's the other running back out of Alabama. It's sad to say that because he started most of the year, but Jacobs is really high on everybody's board, and I, th- I think New England has a plan for Harris. I mean, know the Sony owners are kind of mad, but uh, James White's contract is up after this year, and I could kind of see Harris sliding more into that role, which I think is the most consistent role in that offense as of late. But it's a crowded backfield. Uh, I don't like his pro- projections for this year unless there's an injury. I think he could step in and do an okay job. Uh, he's, he's good. He was good in space I mean it's hard to judge sometimes behind that Alabama line because they're so good and dominant it's hard for anybody to do a whole lot against them but I think if you're kind of in that middle of the third Damian Harris is a name that stands out to me and could definitely be a producer within a year or two Um, but definitely definitely not a bad guy to have I don't think there's any bad guys to have rookie draft season is the most fun time that I'm learning because this is where teams are built and dynasties are made. Uh, Dawson Knox. Nope, nope. Miles Boykin, the other Baltimore receiver taken. Big guy out of Notre Dame. I think that the Jackson is going to love him. I think he's going to be the chain mover. He is going to be a little bit of everything for him. I see him building that rapport with Jackson and Boykin more than I do with Hollywood just because what we kind of said Hollywood's going to be a little more volatile early but I think Boykin is going to he's going to be a big part of this offense this year and I'm excited if you're going to get him in the middle late third early fourth absolutely love him there Uh, again it's the same thing that happens with Hollywood people are like well they're just going to run the ball 100 times a game so why do I want one of their wide receivers I would buy low on him and then be surprised when they pass a lot more and a lot better than people realize this year. Uh, Next is Dawson Knox going to Buffalo. This is a pretty big pick. I think he was kind of the the other guy in that Ole Miss offense that people didn't really realize, but he stood out to me as a great catcher. He really high points the ball well. He's that jump ball type of guy in the red zone. And Buffalo doesn't really have that. They signed uh, Tyler... Tyler, wow, I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names tonight, guys. But they signed the one of the Bengals tight ends. I want to say it was Tyler, but it might not be the Tyler one. Uh, they signed him, and I think he'll probably start. But I think Knox is a guy to know because I think that he could really make some noise there in Buffalo pretty early. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all uh, to see him making a difference at the end of this year. 
I love Josh Allen. And I know Justin loves Josh Allen. Uh, this is a, These are teams that are going to pass the ball a lot more than people realize. They need to run the ball better than they did last year. But I think the passing game here, it's going to be elite sooner rather than later. And I want every piece of it that I can get. Uh, Will Greer went to Carolina. Wasn't the best landing spot. It was kind of weird in the third round for a team that you think has a pretty good quarterback to take a guy to compete with him. But Greer's here. I really like Greer. I like his downfield prowess. I thought he had enough arm strength to do what he needs to do. I thought he was smart. I thought he moved the pocket fairly well. Had a couple of bad plays, but who doesn't have bad plays? But I'm interested to see how this plays out. Cam's welcoming him. Doesn't feel threatened. I don't think Cam should feel threatened. I think Greer is more of an insurance policy. Cam has been banged up. He's had a little bit of shoulder problems lately. I mean, he's basically a linebacker playing quarterback. And he just he's a physical specimen for sure, but I think they're kind of looking more in the backup range as to what they want to do with that. All right. So now we're through round three. We're on to round four here. I'm trying to... I might kind of skip over some guys just because I don't know how relevant they'll be yet. I'm going to try to get through all seven rounds and some UDFAs here, but time permitting, I might run a little bit long. Uh, top of the fourth, Hakeem Butler was one of the bigger slides in the draft. Nobody really knew what was going on. He's a physical specimen at 6'5". He ran a, in the under a 4'5", so he's fast. I mean, he was a guy that I think a lot of people had ranked in the top five at wide receiver, and here he is in the fourth round. I'm not sure Arizona planned to draft him, but I think they're looking at their board going, I don't know why on earth this guy is still here. We've already taken one, but let's take another. Uh, so I think that Butler could be the guy that Kyler Murray ends up relying on a little bit more. Uh, I'm excited to see him really work, but I don't. he might be a little bit more of a project than we realize. So they said that he kind of had some concentration drops, but this guy's size and speed to me make him definitely worth a good dart throw in the fourth round. He's being taken in drafts currently at the either the end of the first or pretty early in the second, so understand that if you want to invest in him. He is going to cost you a little bit to do that now, but the upside is definitely there, and it's another guy that I could see kind of being like DK Metcalf, where, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that he's one of the top guys in this class. Uh, Ryan Finley goes to Cincinnati. I think they drafted him to be the backup, but... The other part of me thinks like, okay, so here we are in a Dak Prescott situation where Andy Dalton is the starter and they're kind of taking backup and insurance, maybe groom a guy a little bit, but Dalton's kind of been hurt a lot lately and they play their backup quarterback quite a bit because of that. So here comes Ryan Finley. They said they loved how he handles the playbooks. He's very smart. He's more athletic than people give him credit for. He ran a pro-style offense. This is a guy that you're going to get at the end of the fourth, maybe in the fifth round, maybe even undrafted in some drafts. If you're quarterback needy, I think I would take the chance on Ryan Finley in the middle of the fourth. I like him a lot. A lot of people had him a little higher on their boards than maybe others did. But, I mean, it just was kind of one of those things that was like, uh. But I think he landed in a good spot. It's going to be a good offense. If you're in a super flex league, I think he needs to be drafted for sure. I'm not spending a third on him, but if you're in the fourth round and you don't have a guy you love, look at Ryan Finley. Uh, Bryce Love went to Washington. He's coming off an ACL tear. He's going to have a lot of guys in the backfield with him. I think he gets a redshirt year. He's probably not going to play this year. So understand if he does, he was one of the most explosive players in college football uh, coming in two years ago. 
had a little bit of a down year, but it still wasn't bad last year. I think the upside for Love is huge. He could probably be one of the better backs. He's got a, he's got a great offensive line to run behind. I mean, I I think he's probably worth a mid third, early fourth, but and I think that's a pretty good bargain. But just know he's probably not going to play much this year. Justice Hill was the fastest running back in this draft class. Lands in Baltimore. I personally like Gus Johnson. I don't know how the team feels about him. They brought in Mark Ingram. I thought Ingram was kind of going to be more of the receiving back, but I could see Justice Hill coming in if he can learn pass blocking and learn that role very well and very quickly and be very effective. Uh, He's going to be a guy that's probably going to go in the middle to upper second round. A lot of people are very high on him for that because his playmaking ability is there. He's in the office to do it. I'm... I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I think that he is definitely a guy to target. But just kind of know that the price you're going to pay for him for a fourth-round investment, you're probably going to get him in the second somewhere if you're going to take him. Uh, Gary Jennings goes to Seattle. I think he's kind of a depth guy, but they've done a good job kind of getting these guys late and turning them into stars. Jennings was Will Greer's one of his top targets there in West Virginia. He is tall. He is fast. Uh, I see him being a good downfield threat, but I don't see him producing much this year for you. Um, maybe a guy that gets cut before the season starts, then you can pick him up off of waivers. Um, Trevin Wesco was another West Virginia guy, and he was a tight end there. He went to the Jets. I'm not huge on him. I thought he was okay in the games. He's made some good moves, but I, I don't think he's a guy that I really care for much in fantasy right now. I don't know if he needs to be drafted. Uh, Benny Snell goes to Pitt. He's going to be a backup to um, ooh, James Conner. And it's a good role to have. James Conner goes down. Snell's going to get some looks. He's a power guy. You can see him going in on the goal line and being a vulture on the touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't think you can get a whole lot better spot. Um, he's got a great offensive line to run behind. That's all he needs to do. Riley Ridley goes to Chicago. It's a hard hard place to land because there are so many guys. and I, I don't know that he can carve out a role exactly this year, but they said they really liked him and in the fourth round that that was worth that investment for him. Um, he's prob- he's going to get taken probably earlier than I'm comfortable with just because that opportunity scares me a little bit more. It looks I'm looking for his ADP right now. He is he is the 3.11 right now on average in single quarterback leagues, so you're getting him late in the third, early fourth. That's a pretty good dart throw there. Um, said it's a good offense. I just there's so many mouths there. I don't want to try to predict where everybody's gonna go. Uh, Tony Pollard goes to Dallas. I don't think it's a I don't think that's the guy. I think he might be kind of a scat role and maybe some passing down work at some point. He's gonna be more of a special teams return type of guy, I believe. Um, he's not that exciting to me. I would rather target Mike Weber than Tony Pollard to back up Zeke. Um, Jared Stidham in New England. I think everybody was kind of surprised. They said, wow, who's this guy? He was really good a couple years ago at Auburn. And then the offense basically cratered around him. They did not pass block for him, but he made a couple of plays. He's got a good arm, throws a nice ball. We know how New England drafts. They are good at turning these guys from a fourth round pick into a second round pick in a couple years Brady's not the youngest bird out there Stidham tries to get groomed I think he could end up being uh definitely a weapon for that offense just if you're drafting him he's you're definitely taking him to not start this year um 
So it'll be, I'm very interested to see exactly where they're going to try. I, don't, I just don't know the time frame. I mean, Brady could play for three or four more years, and then they draft another guy by then. I mean, so if you're going to invest in Stidham, he's at uh, fourth, 405 overall. Four. All right, next up, we're going to go to Foster Moreau, uh, Oakland, tight end out of LSU. Uh, he is a guy that I'm excited about. I don't know that you need to draft him right now. He has a very easy path to get to playing time, which I think is very attractive. And I think if I'm taking a shot on a guy late, I think that he could end up producing this year and be a little surprising because I don't think they quite used him last year the way they should have. Uh, so I think that's probably a guy, like I said, just a late late round dart throw. If you need a tight end, I'm looking up right now. He is going as the 53rd overall guy right now. So... I mean, just take that into consideration. That's pretty late, not really costing you a lot. If you really need a tight end this year, I think he could really be a good producer there. Um, so just Foster Moreau of Oakland. That ends the fourth round. We go into the fifth round here. We start with Reichwell Armstead to Jacksonville. I love this guy. I think he is a good power back. He fits the scheme. He should eventually work his way. I think he can beat out Alfred Blue if they even keep him on the roster. He's behind a running back that hasn't played a full season yet, and his uh, temperament is souring, I believe, in Jacksonville a little bit. I mean, I, I like Fournette. I like his talent. I like the opportunity he's in, but I love Reichwell Armstead here. Uh, definitely a big guy that I'm going for in drafts. Targeting him late in the third, his ADP right now is 44 point, or 40, 44th overall. I, I just think that is tremendous. He's got big upside. He could be a three-down back maybe next year. I mean, if I'm looking at guys that I want, he is right there. Uh, he's out of Temple. He's fun to watch on tape. Definitely a guy to go take a look at. Uh, Zach Gentry got taken by Pittsburgh. I honestly don't know a lot about him. He's a tight end. Uh have to get back with you guys a little bit more on him. I, I just don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, the sheet I'm going through is one I made that basically went through each round, color-coded by which position they were and where they landed. Um, so the Zach Gentry, not a guy I'm going to talk about a whole lot. Hunter Renfro goes to Oakland. There's a lot of people in Oakland, but I think he could eventually win the starting slot job. I think he could be a nice pro here for quite a while. I don't know that he's ever going to light up the fantasy sheets, but he's going to be a guy that Oakland likes. I think he will get enough targets to be a guy to know, but I don't. Not, I'm not necessarily targeting him in fantasy drafts because I don't think his upside is very high. Uh, Quadri Allison, the Pittsburgh running back, goes to Atlanta here in the fifth round. If I am wanting to hedge a, with a Devonta Freeman, he is a guy that I really like. Uh, let me see his ADP. I mean, he's a power back. His tape against uh, Virginia Tech last year was one of my favorite guys to watch. He's going to a great offense. Uh, he's going to be behind a great offensive line. And he's... I just am struggling to find uh, ADP on some of these guys. Sorry. Um, he's a guy that I really, really like. And kind of same time frame or same spot I'm trying to get him with Reichwell Armstead. 
Uh, I like him a lot, uh, kind of in the end of the third, middle of the third to middle of the fourth, any later than that. So he's getting taken about 58th overall. Uh, I think I think he's a guy, especially for the owners of Devonta Freeman, he's a guy that I really want to have as well. Um, next up, uh, Jordan Scarlett, the running back out of Florida, goes to Carolina. I don't think it's exciting. His path to playing time isn't really good. Uh, I mean, an injury to uh, CMC would probably put him up there a little bit, but I I just don't see him having a real easy path to getting playing time, so I'm not really excited about him. Uh, Easton Stick goes to the Chargers. Maybe they found their replacement for Phillip Rivers. He was a North Dakota State guy. They've won however many titles in the time that he's been there. Uh, definitely a guy that if you have Phillip Rivers and you like their offense, uh, def- I think he, you could do worse with picking him up late in the draft for basically free or signing him afterwards. Clayton Thornton goes to Philadelphia, underrated guy out of Northwestern. He has tools. I think on a better team, he might have been picked a little higher. Uh, I think he could definitely win the start the backup job in Philadelphia. I don't know that he's ever going to be a starter. But if you're trying to handcuff the same way you were with Easton Stick, I think that that's not a bad play in a Superflex league. Uh, Darius Slayton, to be honest, went to the receiver, went to the Giants. Don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I, I don't see him carving out a huge role in that offense. Uh, they have a lot of playmakers, a lot of wide receivers. They're deep there. I mean, they have Corey Coleman still, I believe. I mean, I would rather have Corey Coleman over Darius Slayton right now. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson out of Fresno State comes in for Arizona in round six with their third receiver taken in this draft. Um, I sure hope they can block enough because they have guys that are going to pass catch. That gives them five wide receivers to throw to now, five guys they like. The things that I've heard and seen is don't be surprised if Keyshawn ends up being the guy out of this trio that ends up producing the most. Um, He's talent. He doesn't do anything really, really great. But he definitely does, doesn't do a bad job of anything either. So he's kind of an all-around guy. And, I mean, he might be the guy that comes out and surprises a little bit. He's being taken, I think, 60th overall in ADP. Uh, def- I think he's a guy that I would at least want to watch and know before you hit preseason. If you hear his name called and looking good, pick him up right away. Caden uh, Smith is a tight end to San Francisco. I'm not going to talk about a lot. Gardner Minshew was the quarterback out of Washington State. Kind of comes from that air raid, goes to Jacksonville. I really don't see him being the future there. He's more of a second or third string quarterback. Travion Williams is Cincinnati. I love the running back. I love the tape. I don't love the landing spot, but it could be worse. Uh, Joe Mixon goes down. I think Williams is the guy that steps up into his role. So for the Mixon owners, I would try to target him a little bit earlier. If you're not a mix and owner and you're looking for a dart throw late and a guy that could eventually take over and be a really good running back in the NFL, I really, really like Travion Williams here. Uh, Definitely go watch his film. He's a good runner. He ran through the tough defenses of the SEC and held up and did fine. I'm just, I don't want to say a whole lot more about it. Uh, Travis Fulgham uh, from Detroit, don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, The second tight end they've taken, I see him maybe third on the depth chart and he's probably Probably not a guy I'm going to try to take anywhere. Ty Johnson, running back out of Maryland, goes to Detroit. He's a speedy guy. He could be eventually a receiving threat for them, I think. I don't know that he's going to carve out a role, especially in that running game right now. Um, 
I'm not going to spend a whole lot of draft capital on him because I think it's going to be a team that's going to pound the ball, and I don't see him really being in that mold right now. Um, I'm going to kind of skip around here. I don't really need to go and say all the names I'm not going to talk about. Dexter William goes to Green Bay. In that offense, everybody has um, a shot to be good. So the landing spot's good, but I think he's buried on that depth chart. I don't see him being a huge guy, uh, a huge contributor there, at least anytime soon. Trace McSorley lands in Baltimore. I liked him as a college quarterback. He's going to kind of be the backup there. Uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know if he's going to make the cut at quarterback. He might have to flip to defense or something or a wide receiver. But right now he's a quarterback backing up in Baltimore, probably his third string. Travis Homer, I've heard people talk about him a little bit for Seattle. That's a pretty crowded backfield, and I really don't see a whole lot of uh, path to relevancy there. Uh, Calvin Harmon was a guy I loved going pre-draft, and he is in Washington right now. Of the guys that they drafted, I think I like him the best. I think when I watched him, I thought he was a, moves a lot like uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. I know that's hard to say because he's one of the best receivers in the game right now, but he was not a very high pick when he was picked, and he had to work his way, and people kind of didn't know. Actually, I might backtrack on that. Harmon, or... Uh, DeAndre might not have been as late as I think he was picked, but kind of a guy that slid at least a little bit. And I just, I think Harmon comes up with that chip on his shoulder. He's a big physical guy that's not going a little bit. He's going to hopefully slide in your draft to the middle of the third or the fourth. And I like him there. I think he's a guy that uh, Dwayne Haskins is really going to like, and I'm excited to watch him. Uh, Scott Miller went to Tampa uh, as a running back or as a wide receiver, excuse me. Don't know a whole lot about him. Rodney Anderson uh, went to Cincinnati. I think what I'm looking for there is this is a guy that could take over the passing down role because the front the Bernard is contract is up after this year. I could see them moving on and then Anderson taking a spot in that role if Mixon doesn't fill it himself. Um, I love his talent. I don't think he's going to play a lot this year. He was coming off an injury. Uh, I don't think he'll be healthy to start the season even. So you give him a redshirt year and he might be something as a weapon next year, but I wouldn't take him probably before the fourth round in rookie drafts. Uh, Darwin Thompson comes in at Kansas City. I like it. I don't know that he's going to play right away, but understand that Williams that they have right now is a little bit older, and Carlos Hyde, as much as we all loved watching him run when he was younger, he's getting a little bit up there. I don't think he's as explosive as he used to be. Thompson is a guy I could see coming in later and actually carving out himself a role by the end of this year. They did sign... Um, Booby Williams out of Washington State as a receiving back as well. I don't know how they're going to work all that because I think that they could eventually split a role and kind of play the Sharkandrick West role, but I'm interested to see how Darwin Thompson comes along. I think he's a guy in a good offense. They always seem to find running backs that work because of the system. I think it's a system, and Thompson is very athletic, so look for him in Kansas City. I'm okay with it in the middle to late third because I think that opportunity is huge for him, and he's probably in one of the better landing spots for a running back. Mike Weber, we talked about the Ohio State product going to Dallas, probably backing up Zeke. Um, anybody that runs behind that offensive line is going to produce, so I, if you're a Zeke owner, I would definitely try to take him earlier rather than later. If you're not a Zeke owner and you want a guy that has an, he's an injury away from being relevant, definitely a guy to take. Uh, Kareth White to Chicago. He was the other guy in the Memphis backfield. Um, I don't think he's that exciting. He's really in a muddied spot there, and if he would take a, a job, I don't know that would be very valuable. Um, let's go. 
Miles Gaskin went to Miami. They Drake is on his last year of, of his deal. So, I mean, Gaskin ran a whole lot up in Washington. People really like him on tape. I mean, he's a dart throw in the fourth or fifth round. If you really need a running back, I own the Miami running backs right now in one league. I shouldn't say own. I'm sorry. I'm going to get away from that. Um, I have shares of the Miami backfield, both of the guys. I traded a third-round pick to get uh, the other, the backup to Drake right now. But, um, sorry, I'm looking for his name. Sorry to keep doing this to you guys. It's choppy, I know. Uh, I traded a third to get Balage. I have Drake in Dynasty. I just I feel comfortable owning a back, having shares of both guys in a backfield. That way, um, if somebody gets hurt, you have their handcuff and you're not scrambling on the waiver wire trying to fight somebody. I just feel like it's the, a better system to, to have that whole backfield instead of just a guy or two. Um, Terry Godwin from uh, Georgia goes to Carolina, kind of the third guy in that offense, and maybe he was just overshadowed a little bit, but he ends up, I don't think, in a bad spot in Carolina. He could end up doing a little bit of damage there. Uh, so def- a guy, I don't know if I would draft him, but to know. Uh, on to UDFAs, I think there is a lot of value here if you can sort through and know the names of guys. They get late. Uh, I'm going to try to go through these guys and spend a little bit of time just so you kind of know. Preston Williams was a guy out of Colorado State I was huge on. He is 6'4". He can run. He does well with the ball in his hands. Very surprised he fell out of the draft, but he landed with Miami. Um, I think he could be a guy that a quarterback falls in love with and really earns himself a spot, and I am okay taking him um, fourth or fifth round because I think that he's going to move up that depth chart a lot faster than people realize. One of my other favorites, as is being a Husker fan, Stanley Morgan, can't believe he fell out of the draft and broke the streak. We're upset about it here in Nebraska. Other people might not really know about him. He's going to be a guy that is he's going to be good at everything. He's not going to have a lot of holes to his game, but he's not going to be flashy. Uh, he's gonna. He's landed in Cincinnati, which I think they still have John Ross, and I know they want to give him the biggest chance, and I hope that he pans out because I really like Ross, and he's going to be a lot of fun if he does pan. But Morgan could be a guy that steps into that role kind of and ends up being the third wide receiver in, a, in an okay offense. Um, so just kind of know him. Azigbo, I love the landing spot. He's behind a great offensive line. I think that he could beat out Murray. That's a stretch, but watching this guy last year worked his tail off. He's going to keep working, keep getting better, and I would not be surprised to see it be his backfield and Camaro's backfield by the end of this season. I am definitely trying to buy him late in the fourth, early in the fifth as one of those early dart throws. Don't let somebody else grab him because you're going to want him. Bruce Anderson is out of North Dakota State and signed as a UDFA to Tampa Bay. That was a huge landing spot. I think everybody wanted to see them draft a running back, and he was probably going to be taken pretty high because it was one of the flashier spots to land. I love Bruce Anderson here. I heard Arians loves Anderson. I definitely want to take a shot on him. I want to get him anywhere I can because people are kind of like, oh, it's the David Johnson. I go, I don't want to go that far, but he could certainly carve out the third down role in a pass-heavy offense. So I want Bruce Anderson. David Sills was the uh, West Virginia product. Everybody talked about him because he went there as a quarterback and then switched to a wide receiver. Led the nation in touchdowns over the last two years. He's a good red zone threat. I think he's okay. He ended up in uh, Buffalo. I think he could end up seeing time there pretty quick because they don't really have any other guys like him. 
So just kind of keep him on your radar. And when you, if you hear his name kind of coming around um, in training camp, that that's a guy. Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri was a receiver. Uh, he did amazing things. He ran a 4.39. He's very fast. He's tall enough that he's not just a burner, but he could be a possession guy too. He, I've heard that he kind of fell out because of behavioral issues more than anything. Went to the Bears. This is going to sound crazy, but hang with me. I like him a little bit more than Riley Ridley. Uh, look out for Emmanuel Hall to kind of take one of those speed surf spots away. Maybe maybe not this year, but in the coming future. Uh, he could end up being a return man if you're in a return league. I like him a lot. Dylan Mitchell, a guy that really went under the radar and probably would have done himself a favor staying in school for another year before he came out next year. Uh, he was the go-to guy in Oregon. He caught everything thrown his way. Great possession guy. He ran. He makes moves. I was kind of surprised he didn't get, but the problem I have right now is he landed in Minnesota, which is very crowded. I think it's going to take him a while or for him to go to another team to make a difference, but I could see him turning into a slot uh, possession slot guy where you get a bunch. He just catches a whole bunch of balls close to the line of scrimmage and makes a few things happen here and there. Uh, really like that. A guy that not a whole lot of other people are talking about, you have to go back two years and watch Jaden Smith play for Louisville wide receiver with Lamar Jackson throwing to him. He constantly wins deep, and he just he, he doesn't flash a whole lot of skills when you're watching him, and I've, I just think he had a down year, but guess where he went? He goes to Baltimore, goes back with his quarterback and Lamar Jackson, downfield threat. I could see them using him kind of to spell uh, Hollywood and maybe he ends up taking an outside spot. I just, I think with them, it's kind of the same thing with uh, Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins. They know how to play together. They're going to have rapport right away. Just a guy that I think people at least need to know about. I don't know that he's going to make a splash in the NFL. I don't know that he makes it, but I loved watching his 2017 tape, and he was great until he broke his wrist at the end of the year and decided to go back. Uh, probably would have been drafted last year. Uh, Penny Hart is a Georgia, Georgia State product, I believe. Uh, shifty little slot guy. I could see him working his way. I believe he signed with Indianapolis, so he goes with good offense. It would not surprise me for him to earn his way into a return role right away but I could also see him being a shifty little slot guy real quick for them because I don't know that they have that. They like the two tight end sets, so I don't know that it would be an every down type of thing, but just, just a guy to keep your eye on is Penny Hart. He did really well in the Senior Bowl. Uh, we talked about James Williams a little bit from Washington State. Just the receiving back goes to Kansas City. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. So that's my list that I have now. Hopefully you guys get a little bit of something out of this. Uh, it's... I love rookie draft season for my first year doing this. Uh, I cannot wait for everybody else to make their picks so I can keep picking. So uh, 